Alrighty, we are on the top of 25A. Chav Hey Ahmad Aleph, the last word on the first line. The Omar Rabhuna, and Rabhuna said, if you forgot and you entered a bathroom with your tefillin on, you should place your hand on your tefillin until you finish using the bathroom. Now, until you finish? That's what you really think? Um, rather, it's like Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak says that when it means, when, when it says... Um, until you finish, it really means at Shiyigmar Amud Rishon, it means until you finish your first discharge of when you are defecating. That's all it means. So you should then walk out, take your tefillin off, go back in to finish. But then we ask, why don't we just make you stop right in the middle? Like this moment you realize you're wearing your tefillin, why don't we make you stop, quickly go out, take it off and come back? So he answered, Mishum de Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, it's because of what Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel said. The Tanya, because we learned in a Brisa, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Omer, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, Amud hachoser, if one keeps himself back from defecating when one needs to, maybe it's Adam Lidei Hadrokan, it brings you to this kind of like this, uh, this uh, severe stomach illness. Silon hachoser, and if you um, keep back when you need to, if you um, hold, if you hold when you need to urinate and you don't go, that is maybe a sa'adam and that brings a person to jaundice. So what we're saying is, is that because of the danger, the the the, the health, the negative health ramifications. We say first finish your first discharge upon defecating. Step out, take your phone off, come back to finish. You don't stop just when you it hits you that you're wearing your tefillin. It's Mar. Okay, we are now at the first colon on Chavheim at Aleph 25a, several lines down. Soa al bisaro. If you have feces on your flesh, o yado munachas bevesakise, or your hand. So you are not, but your hand is placed inside of the bathroom. Rav Huna Amar Mutar Likros Kriyashma. Rav Huna says in either of those two instances you're allowed to say Shema. Omar Chista says, Usr, you're not allowed to, Likros Krishma, you're not allowed to read Shema in such instances. Omar Rava, Rava explains, my time of the Rav Huna, what is the reason for Rav Huna, who says that you'd be allowed to say Shema in such instances? Because the verse says, It says, for every soul praises God. He understands that the word nishama or soul also comes from the word breath, nishima. And he's understanding it to mean like a play on words saying that every part of everything that you breathe out of, that praises God. If you're, it's your, your hand or parts of your skin that you don't breathe out of, it's not your mouth or your nose. That, so if that is in a place where you, if that is in a place that would generally be a problem for davening, that's not a problem. It's only if your nose or your mouth is inside of the bathroom or your nose and your or your mouth has feces on it that it's a problem because it has to be the things that breathe. Rav Chista Omar Chista will tell you, Asr Likros Kriyashma, you are not allowed to say Shema in such instances. My time of the Rav Chista, what's the reason for Rav Chista? Because the verse says, Kol Tomarna, all of my limbs say, Hashem Mikamocha, God who is like you. So it's all of my limbs, praise God, and therefore all of my limbs need to be clean of feces or be outside of the bathroom in order for me to properly be able to say Shema. 
All right, now we're going to go a little bit further. We are now at the first medium size line on 25A. Itmar, it has been stated, Reach Rashi Ikar, a bad smell that you know that has an identifiable source. Rav Huna Amar Huna says, Marchik Arba Amos Vakari Krishma. You have to distance yourself four cubits, which is about six to eight feet, from that source of the bad smell. And then you can say Shema. Rav Chistam Chista says, Marchik Arba Amos Bimi Makom Shepasach Areach. You actually have to distance yourself four amos from the place where you can no longer smell the odor. Vikori Krishma, and then you say Shema. So we have a dispute as to how far you have to be away from bad smells and their sources to say Shema. Tanya Kvaseh, the Rav Chista, and we have a Brisa like Rav Chista that says you have to distance yourself four amos from not just from the source, but actually from the place where it stops smelling. Um, the following is a proof for that. The, Bryce, the following Bryce is a proof for Rav Chisto. It says, Lo yikra adam A person cannot reach Shema. Lo keneget soas adam. Not opposite the feces of a human. Lo keneget soas klavim. And not opposite the feces of a dog. Lo keneget soas chazirim. And not opposite the feces of a pig. Lo keneget soas tarnagolim. And not opposite the feces of birds or chickens. Lo keneget ashba. And also not opposite, um, and also not opposite, a garbage dump, whose smell is bad. However, if the these bad smells were at a place where they are 10, they're, they're laying 10 tfachim higher, which is 10 handbreadths, which is about 30 inches or something, about 30 inches higher than where you are, so they're in some sort of platform that's 30 inches higher than where you stand. Or they are 30 inches lower than a platform that 30 inches lower than where you are standing. Yoshef Bitsido, then you could actually sit next to these um, odors. And say Shema. The Imlav, but if it's not above or below 10 Tvachim from you, then marchik malo enav. Then you have to distance yourself from within visibility, and only then can you say shema. The chaim and so is the law when it comes to being able to daven to say the prayer service. Now we're going to get to the part that of the brisa that seems to be a proof like to Rav Chista, and in the case of a bad smell that has a source, an identifiable source, marchik arba amos mimakom hareach. You have to distance yourself four amos from where the from where the smell is. So meaning from where the smell stops. Vikari Krishma, and then you say Shema. So that seems to be a very clear proof to Rav Chista. Oh my Rava, Rava explains. Again, now we're going back to the price that we just quoted and we're going to analyze it. Omar Rava, Rava says, The halacha does not follow the brisa that we just taught. Elokihadatanya rather goes like the following brisa. Well, Yikra Adam Kriyashma, someone should not say Shema. Lo keneget soas Adam, not opposite the feces of a human. Lo keneget soas Chazirim, and not opposite the feces of a pig. Lo keneget soas Klavim, and not opposite the feces of dogs. Bizman shenosan oros lesochan, when you have put hides inside of them. So the idea here is, is that in general you are allowed to pray opposite these types of feces. The only time that you're not allowed to is when there are hides in them. 
So part of the tanning process many years ago was that you would place the hides of the animals into manure and that would somehow uh, somehow cure the hides properly. Um, but the smell of that mixture between the feces and the hides was unbearable and that's what you cannot daven by. So um, that is the idea that we just offer. Um, okay, Bowman era of Sheshis. Now this is a new topic. I mean, it's not a really new topic, but it's just a bit of a... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, it's a bit of a different... Um, it's a new question. Bowman era of Sheshis. They asked her of Sheshis. What happens about a smell that does not have a identifiable source? Mahu. Then what is the halacha about davening or saying shma near them, near that smell? Amar lahur of Sheshis answered to them, Asu chazu hanit sifi. Ko and see these um, mats, the veirav, that are in the study hall, that are in the base medrash, that are in the study hall. Dahanu ganu vahanu garsi. These people, these students are sleeping while these students are learning. And the idea is, what's an example of a smell that has no identifiable source? It would be when someone passes gas. There's no physical source for that smell. So the idea is, is that what we're seeing here is that people sleep right next to people that are learning. When you sleep, um, the assumption here is, is that it's normal to pass gas. And yet we still allow people to learn right next to the people that are sleeping. Obviously, then it is allowed. But this is only true for Torah learning. But to say Shema, you cannot say Shema next to someone that's passed gas. And even when it comes to, and even when we said it's allowed for Torah learning, that's only true if it's your fellow that passed gas. But if you pass gas, then, um, then you, um, but if you pass gas, then you have to wait till the smell subsides before, till the odor subsides before continuing in your Torah learning. Sorry about that. I thought that I had uh, paused the um, podcast for just a moment. Uh, okay, let's go further. Itmar, it was stated. Soa overis. What about traveling feces? Meaning, let's say you're holding a diaper and you're walking from a dirty diaper and you're walking from one place to another. What's the halacha for somebody else to pray near that traveling diaper? Abaya Amar Motulikos Kriyashma. Abaya says you can say Shma. As that diaper is passing, Rava Amar Rava says, "No, also Likers Krishma, you're not allowed to say Shema near that." Amar Abaye, Abaye says, "Mino Amin Allah." From where do I know that you would be allowed to say Shema near the passing diaper? It's none, because we learned in a Mishnah as follows: Ha Tame Omeid Tachasilan. If somebody that is impure um, is standing under a tree, um, and we're talking about someone that has leprosy. And leprosy, one of the ways that leprosy can be um, given to somebody else who is pure is through being under the same roof or for being in the same place. So now we're talking about somebody that has leprosy, someone's impure from leprosy, standing under a tree. 
Vahatahor over, and somebody that is pure is passing by and passes under the tree while the impure person is there as well. Tame, we say that the Tahor person, the pure person, now became impure because he contracted the impurity of the person standing under the tree. However, Tahor ome tachasi'ilan, however, if the pure person was standing under the tree, Vitame over, and the impure person was walking under that tree but passing by, didn't stop. Tahor, then the person that was standing there remains pure. Vi'im Ahmad, however, if the Tame person, the impure person, stops under the tree together with the, uh, the, the pure person standing under the tree, Tame, then the pure person becomes impure. V'chei Eben Hamenugas, and so too is this the case when it comes to a rock that has contracted leprosy, because things as well can contract um, leprosy. Um, and if somebody is carrying that rock, um, the same laws would apply. So what do we see from here? We see from here that if you are just passing, you are not considered as if you're in the same place as somebody that is stationary. And therefore, and you, and if you're not considered in the same place, then it wouldn't have it wouldn't be considered a problem to daven because the whole thing, problem is to daven in the same place as something that is disgusting. Um, but if some, we see from here that something that's moving is not considered in the same place, so it would not be a problem to daven next to that moving diaper. The Rava Amarlach, whereas Rava will tell you, there, when it comes to impurity and purity, there, the entire discussion revolves around if the person is stationary, if the person is permanent or not. As it says in the verse when it comes to leprosy, Badad Yeshev, alone he shall dwell, Michutz Lamachana, outside of the camp, Michutz Lamachana Moshevo, outside of the camp shall be his dwelling. That's somebody that has leprosy, they're supposed to go outside of the camp. Um, so there we see the concept of dwelling being used, and the concept of dwelling means it's all about the permanence and the state, this how, how stationary you are. Hacha, whereas here, when it comes to davening next to something pure or impure, uh, I'm sorry, gross, something that's not, something gr- disgusting, it says, kadosh. it just says, that your camp shall be holy, Amrachmana, the Torah says, and in this case, as long as the diaper is in your vicinity, even if it's just walking, that makes the area you are standing in not holy, and it's going to be a problem. So you can't bring a proof from a case of purity and impurity to the case of the moving diaper. Amarav Papa, this is a new case. We're at the colon. It's like kind of right in the middle of the page. Um, yeah, kind of right in the middle. Amarav Papa, or Papa says, Pichazir, the mouth of a pig, Kitsoa overis dami is considered like um, moving feces. Pshita. Now that should be obvious because don't we know that a pig's mouth is constantly full of feces? So what is this telling us? Lo no. It's necessary to teach us that afogad the salag minahara, even if the pig just came up from the water, and therefore you would think that perhaps they were cleaned and their mouth got cleaned as well. Um, nonetheless, we're teaching you that nonetheless it's still considered as we still think of the pig as having feces in its mouth and therefore it's treated as such in halacha, in Jewish law.
Okay, Amar Abhuda Abhuda says, new case. Suffake Tsoa Bibayas Mutaris. I'm sorry, uh, one a little bit up. Amar Abhuda Abhuda says, Suffake Tsoa Asura. If you're not sure if there is excrement around, then we say it's prohibited to say Shema or Davin near that. You know, so let's say there's a smell and you're not sure if that smell is, is from feces or not. You can't pray near that smell. Suffolk may reglion, but if you have a doubt as to whether there is urine around or not, mutarim, then you could pray and say Shema around that. Ikadarmi, some say, Amar Behuda, Behuda says, Suffolk tsoa babayas mutaris, ba'ashba asura. If you have a doubt of as to whether there is excrement around in your house, you can say Shema. If it's just a doubt, you can say Shema and pray, do the prayer service. But Ashba Asura, however, if you have a doubt, if there's excrement, you're not sure if there's excrement in the garbage or if there isn't, then you have to assume that there is, that the smell that you're smelling is from excrement, and you're not allowed to pray or say Shema next to it. Suffig may raglayim, but if you're in doubt about urine, is there urine around or not? Afilu Ba'ashba, even if it's you're not sure if there's urine or not in the garbage, Nami Mutar, and you're still allowed to say Shema and pray next to that smell. Now, what is the reason to differentiate so so um, so strongly between urine and feces? Savarlaki Hadrav Hamnuna. Rabbi Huda holds like Rav Hamnuna. Amr Rav Hamnuna, because Rav Hamnuna said, Lo Asra Torah, Elekineged Amud Bilvad. The Torah. Only said that you're not allowed to say Shema and sh- and the prayer service only opposite an actual stream of urine. So basically, someone has to be going to the bathroom right next, right, going to the washroom right next to you. Uchid Rabbionasan, like Rabbionasan says, Rabbionasan Rami, because Rabbionasan posed the following contradiction. Ksiv, it says in one verse, You shall have a place outside of the camp. This is talking about when the Jews are in the desert. You shall have a place outside of the camp. And you shall go out there to relieve yourself. Okay, that's one verse. Uchsiv, and the other verse says, You shall have a shovel. And you shall cover up the discharge that you had. You shall cover up the... Um, whatever you discharge from your body. So do you just go out and go to the bathroom, or do you actually have to take a shovel and cover it? It seems to be there's a contradiction in the verses. Haketzat, so how do we reconcile these two verses? We answer as follows. Kan begadolin, kan begatanin. The verse that says that you need to have a shovel and cover it up, that's talking about feces. When you're, um, When that is what you are doing. And the verse that doesn't seem to specify that you need to use a shovel or cover anything up, that's talking about, um, that's talking about um, urine, urinating. And uh, we see then a very clear difference between defecating and urinating. Therefore we see, This would seem to teach us then that the Torah only prohibits one from praying or saying Shema opposite the actual stream of urine, but not opposite urine that is no that is now just on the ground, for instance. Okay. Whereas when it comes to feces, if it's not covered up, if it's sitting there, it's still going to be a problem for Shema and Shmona Esrei. Okay. Ha nafol ara. So this the, the 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 idea here then is is that if the urine had already fallen to the ground, shari, then you're 
allowed to, biblically, you're allowed to say Shema and the prayer service next to it. Just it was the rabbis that um, that decreed against it. And when did the rabbis decree against it? Bivadon. Only when you know for sure that there is urine around. But if you're just in doubt if there's urine around locals, or then that scenario, the rabbis did not decree a prohibition from uh, to, against saying Shema and um, Shemona Esrei near that type of odor. Okay. Okay, Ubevadan, and when you have a certain presence of urine, Ad Kama, um, how, until how much? Meaning, how, after what period of time can you now pray near that urine that has been on the ground? After how long of been, having been on the ground? So Amar Abhuda, Abhuda says in the name of Shmuel, Kol zman shemat As long as it's still wet enough to be able to wet something that touches it, that's, that's how long you can't say Shema and Shemana Esrei near it, and the prayer service near it. And so the Rabbi Chana saying the name of Yochanan, calls man shemat pichin. As long as it can wet something else, it's a problem. And so did Ula say, as long as you can wet something else, it's a problem. Geniva mishmeida Rav Amar, whereas Geniva said in the name of Rav, calls man shirishuma nikar. It's only a problem. No, I'm sorry. It's even a problem, or it's a problem until as long as. It's um, it's uh, it's um, it's stain is still recognizable. I mean, you can still see some sort of, you can still see something on the ground. It hasn't been completely absorbed that you just can't see a staining of it anymore. Amar of Yosef says, "Sharle Marele Geneva, may God forgive Geneva for being so wrong in his um, in his decision." Take a look at feces. Rabbi Huda Marav, Rabbi Huda said in the name of Rav, when it comes to feces, Kivin Shikarmu Paneha Motor, that once the outside of it has crusted, so once it became dry, it's allowed to daven next to it, to pray next to it. Then all the more so, once the urine no longer can, once the urine is dry, even if it has traces left, you should certainly then be able to pray next to it because we're more lenient with urine than we are with feces. Omer Abaye. So Abaye answers. My chazis the samches aha. Why did you rely on this opinion of Rav? Smoch aha, rely on this, the following statement, which was also said in the name of Rav, and then you don't have a question on Geneva. because Rav Rachana said in the name of Rav, soa afil asura. That when it comes to feces, even if it is like earthenware, it's still prohibited. Meaning, even if it is completely dried out, you still cannot dive next to it, and then. This isn't a problem for Geneva, who said that urine, as long as there's a trace of it, you cannot daven again next to it. That doesn't pose a contradiction. Okay, we'll stop here for today, and we'll continue with uh, this fascinating discussion tomorrow. I hope no one was um, eating as they were learning today's um, this today's podcast. Just a quick um, just a quick uh, review of what we said today. We first talked about what happens if you mistakenly go into the bathroom with your tefillin on. Then we talked about areas of your body that may or may not make a difference when it comes to Shema and the prayer service if they have feces or if they're in a place like a bathroom. Then we talked about um, 
odors that have an identifiable physical source and what the halacha is about moving away from them for praying and for shmona shma. And then we talked about, um, then we talked about odors that don't have an identifiable physical source and what the halacha is in those scenarios. Then we talked about passing excrement, and that was a very interesting conversation. And then we talked about um, what happens if you're not sure if there is excrement or urine in the in your vicinity. What is the halacha? What is the law when it comes to saying shema and um, saying shema and shmones, right? And the amida. And then we talked about the difference between feces and urine when it comes to Shema and Shmon Asrei. And then we talked about um, when is it still, a, until what point is it a problem to pray next to um, urine and feces? How long do they have to have been there um, to uh, become, to be a, to preclude you from davening next to them? All right, have a great night.